Does spending the holidays with difficult relatives have you in knots? Are you anxious and stressed out just thinking about everyone being in the same house at once and all the comments and opinions that go along with that? Would you like to win a free two-month cruise to Hawaii for you and your family so you don't have to deal with any of it this year? Well, I'm sorry, we can't offer you a free cruise, but we do have some encouragement, so we're glad you're joining us for today's episode. Ginger, I think that was the meanest intro we've ever written. (laughs) I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to help support our ministry, one great way you can do that is by purchasing Ginger's resources directly from her website instead of other online retailers. And stay tuned until the end of this episode to receive a discount code on your purchase at gingerhubbard.com. Thank you so much for your support. This enables us to further our mission to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. I don't know about you, but I just love waking up in the morning, curling up in my comfy chair with a warm cup of coffee and reading the daily news. Did you just tense up? Because I did. Honestly, I sense myself wanting to avoid the news at all costs and shield my children from it as well. But. What if there was a better way to be informed without being disheartened? Well, that's exactly what I love about the world and everything in it. This podcast from World News Group is my favorite source for current events because I can get sound journalism from a Christian worldview without the hysteria, the chaos, and the stress. As one of Apple Podcasts' top 100 news programs, they deliver essential headlines, field reporting, interviews, and expert analysis every weekday search for the world and everything in it wherever you get your podcasts. Well, hey there, Ginger. Before we get started today, how about you tell our listeners about something? uh, This is one of my favorite things we've ever done. Uh, Tell them about our upcoming Christmas giveaway and how they can enter to win. Well, it's not a Hawaiian cruise. Yeah, that was really mean, by the way. <laughs> it really I mean, it's was. Just, <laughs> we're really sorry about mean. that. But we're going to make it up with this, okay? Ginger wrote because... that. I did not write that, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to make up for it. This is even better. We have never been so excited about a giveaway. Katie and I wanted to give something really special for Christmas this year, just to show how much we appreciate you guys listening and supporting our podcast. So, I kept racking my brain trying to come up with something that every mom in every season of life would need, want, enjoy, and appreciate. And then it finally hit me. A break! What mom (laughs) doesn't need a little time away to rest and recharge and just have a little fun? So, drum roll... We're offering a three-night mom's getaway in March of 2024 on beautiful Lake Martin in Alexander City, Alabama, which is my, personally, my absolute favorite place in the whole world. As a matter of fact, many of the podcasts that you guys have listened to were prepared on the screen porch of this very house overlooking Lake Martin. And even better, the mom who wins the giveaway gets to invite up to five of her friends to join her. 
So listeners, we'll be posting all the information about the giveaway on Ginger's Instagram account sometime after Thanksgiving and announcing the winner in early December. So go ahead and follow Ginger on Instagram at ginger.hubbard so you don't miss the post and the chance to win a mom's getaway with your friends. And just so you know, this this giveaway is happening through Instagram. So sorry yep. if you don't yep. have Instagram. That will be yeah. a requirement. Get your friend, some of your friends to do it if you don't have Instagram. Yes, that's right. And speaking of friends, Katie and I... We just so enjoy meeting our listeners. Mm -hmm. When we do events and conferences together, that's one of our favorite things is to get to meet and really get to know our listeners. So we would love to come up and join you and your friends one of those nights. You're going to have three nights. We're just going to come up for one of those um, for dinner and just to hang out and get to know you guys. And dinner at the Lake House uh, will be on me that night. So I'll either have it decided. I'm either going to cook one of my Southern favorites or I don't know if I'm too busy that week, I may just wind up having something catered. Anything but hot dogs, Ginger. I mean, really, <laughs> anything. All right, I promise, no hot dogs. And one more thing, on the night that Katie and I come up to join you guys, we're going to be bringing the fantastical Heather with us. Mm -hmm. If you're new to the podcast, Heather is our podcast manager. And let's just suffice it to say that without Heather keeping us organized and straight, Katie and I would be an absolute disaster. No question. We could not do what we do without her. And you guys are just going to love meeting Heather. She's one of the most awesome, precious people I know. I saw something on Instagram recently. I posted it in my stories and it said, my mind is like someone dumped a junk drawer on a trampoline. And that is exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what Heather keeps from happening here is she, yes. she keeps our junk drawers organized. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Without her, we would be an absolute disaster. We really would. Uh, but again, listeners, be sure to follow Ginger on Instagram at ginger.hubbard so you don't miss out on your chance to win a fun getaway with up to five of your friends. And okay, now enough about the fun. Uh, let's move on to talk about a not so fun topic. <laughs> and that's about how to deal with difficult relatives. And what better time to talk about the challenges of that than during the holiday season? That's right. Difficult relatives can really put a damper on what's supposed to be a joyful time of celebration. Mm -hmm. Their presence can add some serious tension and stress when all we want to do is enjoy our turkey and dressing in peace at Thanksgiving and celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus with our families in peace at Christmas. And some of us know that difficult relatives can make that, well, difficult. <laughs> so how do we not let difficult relatives put a damper and even ruin these joyous occasions? How do we respond when Grandpa Joe starts talking about politics or Aunt Agnes starts making blanket statements about how all Christians are hypocrites? Or maybe there's Mima uh, telling you how you need to listen to the Parenting with Ginger Hubbard podcast because your kids are Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me, Ma, we might uh, be willing to hire her as our marketing director if she would take a few courses on how to be tactful. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be that you are raising your children in the training and instruction of the Lord, but when they disobey and it's time to discipline, Meemaw doesn't approve, mm. and she has no problem voicing her opinion. So in order to not ruffle Meemaw's feathers, you find yourself allowing your children to get away with things they normally would not. Well, and then if you throw in a few cousins whose 
Parents are in Meemaw's corner and allow their kids to get away with everything shy of murder. And it's even more tempting to let things slide with your own kids out of compassion that they're being influenced in negative ways and led astray. Sorry, all the Meemaws out there that we're picking on you today. <laughs> <laughs> then after all the presents have been opened and all the dishes are clean and put away and all the opinionated relatives have gone home to start their diets, <laughs> you're having to hit reset in your parenting and undo all the damage that's been done. It's a tough situation when relatives are accustomed to stirring the pot and imposing their opinions and values on you and your family. And it's a situation that can leave some moms really dreading the holidays. So our goal today is to offer a few suggestions to help you navigate these relationships in ways that show love and respect for your relatives and keep the negative influence they might be having on your kids to a minimum, while at the same time, hopefully maintaining your sanity. Thankfully, we don't have to go into the holidays with difficult relatives ill-equipped. God has graciously given us commands for how to interact with difficult people in ways that honor Him and show the love of Jesus to them. We are all called to the Great Commission to share the good news of Jesus to the whole world, and that includes Grandpa Joe and Agnes and Meemaw. And maybe they are believers, but maybe they have different opinions and values and tend to be quite aggressive in expressing them. <laughs> there are so many different circumstances and issues that can contribute to uncomfortable gatherings, but regardless of the uniqueness of the situation at our family gatherings, God calls Christians to be prayerful, to be patient, and to be peacemakers. Okay, so Ginger, I know you well enough to know that you're going to break those down, prayerful, patient, and peacemakers, break those down and give us some scripture. Yep, you know me well, Katie. <laughs> and what I know well is that I have nothing to offer. I have no wisdom apart mm. from the Word of God. So let's start with how God calls Christians to be prayerful. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 say, Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It's completely understandable to be anxious when we know that we're about to enter into a stressful situation, especially when it's one we've experienced year after year with our relatives over the holidays. We've come to know what to expect, so as the season gets closer, we start getting anxious over all that we know we're about to have to endure and how our relatives' behavior is going to affect us. But that sort of anxiety and stress comes from being self-focused. And that's where the beauty of prayer comes in. When we pray, our focus shifts from ourselves to Jesus. When we pray and petition and present our request to God with a thankful and expectant heart that He will hear our prayers and respond in accordance with His will, He changes our perspective. It becomes less about us and more about what God wants to do in and through us. When that happens, we move from anxiety to privilege. God changes our perspective from, I have to suffer and endure these difficult people for three days, to I get to show the love and patience of Jesus to these difficult people for His glory. Mm. When we pray and ask God to move in our hearts and use us to work in the hearts of difficult relatives for His glory, we do more than just endure. We persevere as ambassadors of Christ for the sake of the gospel. I cannot even imagine 
how it would change holiday celebrations around the world if Christians chose to take this kind of prayerful stance before they enter into a situation with difficult relatives. And we really ought to, especially given what we're celebrating, which is a season of gratitude at Thanksgiving and the birth of Christ at Christmas. I mean, really, that ought to be our mindset. Um, But Ginger, I like to Google the topics we plan to address on our show so I can get a good idea of you know, what the most popular advice is floating around out there. Well, if you take to Google and ask how to deal with difficult relatives during the holidays, you'll see a lot about setting boundaries and various strategies for dealing with, quote, toxic people. Uh, They always label others as toxic. Rarely do you see people suggest taking a look at our own hearts and finding where we might not be striving to remain at peace with others. Uh, I don't think prayer would even make the top 1,000 ideas for dealing with difficult people if you Googled it. But one of the more shocking ideas I saw came from Oprah.com, where readers were encouraged to start a competition with their friends called Dysfunctional Family Bingo. (laughs) And it would be funny if it wasn't so sad. Uh, But basically, you and your friends come up with bingo cards before holiday gatherings. And on the squares, you put things like, Uncle Al gets drunk, or someone asks when I'm having another baby. Or, you know, questions about homeschooling and socialization. These would all go into the different bingo squares. And the author of this article said it was one of her favorite games. Hmm. Now, maybe as comical as it sounds to turn the irritating behaviors of our family members into a game, uh, I really don't suggest that for our listeners who want to honor God in their interactions with people they find hard to love sometimes. Honestly, the game itself is about as toxic a behavior as you could probably come up with to put on those bingo squares. Mm-hmm. Um, though I am super tempted, Ginger, to have podcast recording day bingo cards um, <laughs> with squares like, <laughs> this just happened today, squares like Ginger's microphone isn't plugged in <laughs> or Katie's headphones aren't working. We could just turn it into a game so we aren't both raging at our technology by the time we start recording. <laughs> yep. Lots of times we have to calm down. And, you know, let me just say, Katie's being very kind here. <laughs> 99% of our technical issues are user error on my part. But, Katie, you know, now that I think about it, you should be thanking God for using your technically challenged, difficult partner in ministry to refine you spiritually by teaching you patience. I am so refined right now, you guys. You don't even know. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and for my part in that, you're welcome. Yes, I'm happy thank to make you. a sacrifice for your spiritual well-being, Katie. Oh, wow. That's so good of you. So, Ginger, in responding to difficult relatives, God calls Christians to be prayerful. What is the second thing God calls us to be? God calls Christians to be patient. I think we would probably all agree that being patient with difficult relatives can be even more challenging than being patient with difficult strangers. Absolutely. Probably the main reason being that we're more inclined to take things personally and take offense from words and attitudes of family members. But Proverbs 19.11 says, a person's wisdom yields patience. It's to one's glory to overlook an offense. That is so true. You know, a perfect stranger could say something to me and it would roll right off my back, but a member of my family could say the exact same thing in the exact same way and it would just get up under my skin. So, Mm -hmm. Ginger, how can we show patience from a practical standpoint? It's one thing to say it, but what does that look like in practice? It looks like a showing respect, no matter how badly the person is behaving or how strongly we disagree with their opinion. 1 Peter 2, verse 17 says, show proper respect to everyone. Everyone, meaning not just like-minded people, 
but people who don't share our opinions, beliefs, or values. You know, it doesn't take much effort to show respect to those who think and act like we do, but showing kindness and respect to those who are hard to love is challenging. Matthew 5, verses 43 through 47, acknowledge that challenge and offer encouragement and instruction. Those verses say, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? This passage teaches that love should extend beyond those who are similar to us and beyond those who share our same opinion and values. Now, I know how challenging it is uh, to just listen when we're in disagreement, when everything in us is screaming, this person is wrong, and I know just what to say to prove it. Hmm. But let's not sacrifice opportunities to show the patience and love of Jesus to difficult relatives on the altar of winning an argument or being right. So my practical tip is to demonstrate self-control by being a good listener, even when we don't agree. Listening without interrupting, especially when we disagree with something, is an excellent way to show respect. Also, when we don't agree, we don't have to respond at all. We can always just smile and nod to show that we're listening. And in doing that, we're demonstrating the self-control that God calls us to, as well as the grace and kindness He calls us to, to others. Can I say one thing here, Ginger, because uh, the words that come out of our mouth are important. But for people like me who have a really hard time not saying words with their face, because uh, my face says things very, <laughs> yeah, you're very loudly with your face. Yeah, yep. I've seen something that says uh, I need to teach my face to use its inside voice, and that is just so true. I mean, <laughs> yeah, sometimes I can look at you and I'm like, oh, just your face, and I'm like, you know, what? What? I, I know. <laughs> the kids and I. Okay, quick, quick story. But the kids and I went and watched, uh, observed. A trial. We went to a court trial for the kids to observe. And my kids kept nudging me like, you've got to neutralize your face. <laughs> you are showing exactly what you're thinking by sitting here. And the jury could see me. It was awful. So anyway, we've got to uh, do exactly what you said. I like that you said, smile and show that we're listening. Make sure our face is saying what we want our hearts to be saying as well. Right. Well, on the positive side of your uh, showing so much expression, Katie, you'll probably never get picked for jury duty. No, you're exactly right. <laughs> I there actually told the to prosecutor that because the prosecutor came over to me and was asking our opinion after the jury was going to deliberate. And I told him, I was like, I would be a nightmare juror because not only did I see both sides of the case, but it was all over my face the whole mm -hmm. time. <laughs> so. Exactly what you're thinking. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm so thankful Katie, that Jesus faced the same challenges with difficult relatives that we face. You know, think about it. He did. He mm -hmm. came to earth and he faced every single temptation and challenge that we face. And he set an example of how to respond. There are many accounts of Jesus's own family saying hurtful, accusatory, and downright mean things mm -hmm. to him. And instead of retaliating, Jesus listened and prayed. The whole reason Jesus came to earth was to save the lost. Yet in John chapter 7, we're told that even his own brothers did not believe him. Jesus' brothers called his very purpose for living and dying a lie. And while Jesus had the power 
to prove them wrong using any means he wanted? He didn't. In fact, when Jesus' family members did not agree with him, and when they called him a liar and spoke all kinds of falsehoods against him, here are the things Jesus did not do. He didn't argue all of his points. He didn't try to convince them that he was right. He didn't demand that they change. He didn't get angry and lash out. He didn't feel sorry for himself and sulk. And he didn't make it his goal to please them. In a nutshell, he didn't try to control the offensive behavior of his brothers, but he also didn't allow their offensive behavior to control him. What he did do when his family didn't share his convictions was show respect. He listened. We can never go wrong following the example of Jesus. Have your kids ever come to you with math homework and asked for your help, only for you to realize you did a mathematical brain dump the day you graduated high school? Well, I have great news for you, parents. Whether you're homeschooling or helping your kids with their math homework after school, CTC Math is an invaluable resource. They have video tutorials and summaries that are concise and really engaging while still fully covering the subject matter. It's like having your own personal math tutor accessible at any time. I have so many favorite things about CTC Math, but just to name a few, I get extensive reports and summaries of my kids' progress, We have access to CTC Math's entire catalog of lessons, not just per grade level, as many online math programs do. And finally, there is a 365-day money-back guarantee, literally no questions asked. If you or your kids need some extra help with math, go to ctcmath.com and sign up for a free trial. Again, that's ctcmath.com. Ginger, I think something else we can learn from his example is how to love people despite their human limitations. Sometimes what irritates us is their sin, the sins of others, but sometimes it's just that they're limited human beings. They're just existing. Um, I mentioned- Just like we are. Right, exactly. I mentioned in an earlier episode that I'm reading a book called You're Only Human, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes again. But it's just really had an impact on how I view this idea of human finitude or the fact that we are finite creatures and how our humanness and the humanness of others is not necessarily a bad thing. And I just love how the author discusses our need for humility in order to live in community, which is what we're commanded to do as believers, to live in community and in peace. Here's a quote from that book. We are moral creatures, accountable to God, not simply for our responses to Him, but for how we treat our neighbors. When we forget this, our lives become self-centered and destructive. And then he goes on to prescribe self-denial as the antidote. The clearest way of cultivating self-denial is by replacing sinful self-centeredness with the practice of treating the needs of others as more important than our own. And one more quote, because it cuts straight to my heart. He said, infected with the blinding and disordering effects of sin, we all rush into self-love with an overly inflated view of our own importance, even while it also makes us despise all others in comparison. Now, I'm not saying that every frustration or aggravation we have with our difficult relatives is because we're self-centered. I am just saying it doesn't hurt to acknowledge that the sin in our own hearts might contribute to some of our frustration and anxiety and even our reactions in these situations with Mm -hmm. our relatives. Mm -hmm. Uh, This book has also made me think about the fact that our differences as people 
isn't a flaw of design. Uh, I love this quote from the book. God's goal is not for all of us to end up looking, sounding, and being the same. That confuses sameness with godliness. So how often are we irritated because they don't do things the way we do them or they think this, don't think the same way we do about different issues? Are we confusing sameness with godliness? So Ginger, you've encouraged our listeners to be prayerful and patient. What else should we consider when interacting with our difficult relatives? We should consider that God calls Christians to be peacemakers. Proverbs twelve eighteen says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That means that we are not called to be instigators of conflict, but promoters of peace. Okay, so I'm hearing the protests <laughs> that say, okay, but what if the family member is the one constantly instigating the conflict? Well, we can't control the behavior of difficult relatives, but we can control how we respond. Like I mentioned, one of the most effective ways to promote peace is to hold our tongues when it comes to differences of opinion on divisive topics. If we know that stating our opinion will stir up strife and create division between us and our relatives, which does not bring about the peace and unity that God desires, then it's best to remain silent. If Aunt Susie wants to argue politics or Uncle Marty wants to argue critical race theory, we do well to remember 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23, which says, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know that they produce quarrels. It's so easy to get drawn into frivolous arguments about temporal issues, but as ambassadors of Christ, we are called to represent our Lord by showing grace, mercy, love, and kindness. So before we allow ourselves to get drawn into that argument, we might ask ourselves, is my motivation to win an argument and be right or to bring glory to God and reflect His character to those around me? The self-control of holding our tongues to keep peace is a beautiful representation of God's mercy and grace. And we always do well to follow the example of Jesus, who was often silent when people tried to draw him into an argument. There is tremendous wisdom in holding our tongues. Proverbs 17, 28 says, Even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. Well, after we've been prayerful and patient peacemakers and all the relatives have parted ways and we've bitten our tongues until they're bleeding (laughs) (laughs) so as not to say something unwise or unkind, uh, there is still the aspect of talking to our children about some of the things they may have heard or witnessed that could have had a negative influence on them. So how, Ginger, do you suggest we approach those conversations in ways that honor God? We honor God when we approach those conversations with humility and respect. We can talk about the why behind our beliefs and convictions and choices without criticizing the beliefs, convictions, and choices of others. Because what we don't want to do is lead our children astray with a holier-than-thou attitude, which stems from pride. Proverbs 11.2 says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. We're wise to not criticize or belittle or make fun of extended family, or anyone for that matter, in front of our children. Those tactics are arrogant, and they encourage a sinful and prideful mentality of our family is better than them. 
Philippians 2 verses 3 and 4 tell us, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. It's in the best interest of our children to not gossip or speak negatively about relatives, no matter how discouraged or angry or insulted we are by their words or behavior. 1 Peter 3, 9 says, do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Also, let's not expose our children to negative influence when we don't have to. It is necessary to talk with our children and clear up any untrue or misguided information when we know it's had a negative influence on them. Well, Ginger, I want to say one quick thing about that because we have received a lot of listener questions right along these lines. And you and I have discussed that we want to do a whole episode on negative influences on our kids. But I want to say it from the perspective here with difficult relatives because we can't always avoid negative influences and we shouldn't try to, honestly. Because what a fantastic teaching opportunity for our kids to observe us in a situation like this where they know, I mean, most kids who are raised in a Christian home can see the difference between behaviors that we ought to be exhibiting and those we shouldn't. But how do they see us respond? Mm -hmm. I think that will influence them as much, if not more, than the negative influences of the people who are there. How do they see their parents respond in the midst of that? That maybe is where our focus needs to be, not how do I need to set boundaries around this person or you know, shut this person out of my life. And I'm, again, I wanna be real clear. I'm not talking about abuse. Like, yes, there are family members we just cannot be around. And that's right. different from irritating family members. But how do our kids see us respond? Yes, that's so good. I'm glad you said that. Um, but before that, before you said that, where I was going uh, was to say that it's not necessary to bring up, pick apart, and put down every statement or opinion that we didn't agree with. After the fact. Yeah, exactly. It, that's right. Picking the family members apart. Yes, yes. It's not loving or wise to bring the wrong or offensive behavior of others to our children's attention when they're not even aware of it. Mm -hmm. That's gossip, and gossip causes division, whereas love does just the opposite. Love covers wrong. Love brings unity. Proverbs 17, 9 says, whoever would foster love covers over an offense, but whoever repeats the matter separates close friends. We don't have to put down others to lift up God's truth. We don't have to point out the foolishness of others to point to the wisdom of God. Oh, that's good. Now is the part of our show where we share a funny kid quip from one of our listeners. Today's kid quip is courtesy of Katie with an IE in Oklahoma. And she says this, my middle son, who we affectionately call Alvin, as in Alvin and the Chipmunks, was one day playing in the bathtub with his younger brother when out of nowhere, he reached over and dumped water on his brother's head. Sounds like brothers. Yep. When we asked him why he did that, his response was, it was the old man. Stunned, my husband and I looked at each other and with the, did he really just say that look on our faces, we asked him to repeat himself. And sure enough, he was repeating what he had heard in church about our struggle with the old man and the new man. Oh, they are truly <laughs> listening even when you think they aren't. 
I've said it before and I'll say it again. I love the literal minds of children. And yes, they're listening. See, and you know, and and what encouragement in that. Mm -hmm. Because so often when we are teaching our kids the word of God and you we see their eyes glaze over or maybe even they roll their eyes and we think they're not listening, it's going in in one ear and out the other. But Case in point, God's word does not return void. They're listening, and and God is often doing a work in their hearts, Mm. even when we're not aware of it. We can't always see how God is using us in the hearts of our kids. Absolutely. And honestly, to a point, he kind of gets it. I mean, so even very young children, uh, young enough to confuse what we're saying in church, can grasp enough for it to be life-changing and heart-changing. So That's right. Thank you for sending that in, Katie. That is hysterical. (laughs) If you have a kid quip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any funny thing your child or grandchild has said, or it can even be something funny you said as a child. Just go to gingerhubbard.com slash kidquips, that's Q-U-I-P-S, to submit those. Well, Ginger, I'm so grateful that you take the time to point us uh, not to snarky bingo cards to deal with difficult relatives, but to (laughs) God's word. So can you please leave our listeners with a final word of encouragement? Ephesians 4, verses 2 and 3, offer wonderful instruction and wise counsel for interacting with difficult relatives. That passage says, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So let's commit ourselves to praying for God to fill us with His peace and grace as we seek to love others well for His glory this holiday season. Thank you so much, Ginger, and thank you listeners for joining us today. Are you looking for fun and Christ-centered Christmas gifts for your children or grandchildren, or maybe for nieces and nephews? Well, we're offering a discount on Ginger's children's books, co-authored with Al Rowland. Just use the code parenting at checkout to get 10% off these three adorable books. Sam and the Sticky Situation is a book about whining. Chloe and the Closet of Secrets is a book about lying. And Sean and his amazing shrinking sister is a book about teasing. But wait, there is more. We're also offering $10 off when you buy all three of these books together. That's in addition to the 10% discount code on your total order. So again, just go to gingerhubbard.com and use the code parenting at checkout. Thank you so much for joining us today, listeners. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. Have you ever been at a total loss for how to explain to your kids some of the really hard things they've seen in our culture or in the news? Sometimes I resort to distraction, like, hey, who wants ice cream? (laughs) Because... I'm just not sure how to rightly respond. This is why I'm so excited about a new podcast that is stepping in to meet that need. The podcast is called Concurrently, and each episode is full of practical help so that we can teach our kids how to develop news literacy and biblical discernment. To find out more, visit concurrentlypodcast.com, and you can listen to new episodes of Concurrently every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts.